Well, today begins, as we've already said, one of, it's one of my favorite times of the year, Global Impact Month. You've heard me say this many, many times, but I want to say it again. At the Grace Place, we have an outward focus. Here's what I believe. I believe that a church that is inward focus is out of focus. Yeah, evidently I haven't said it enough. Amen. At the Grace Place, at the Grace Place, we, we have a heart for the hopeless and the helpless and the hurting. Our vision is both local and global. At the Grace Place, we aspire to be people who gather together, grow together, give together, and go together. Today, our focus is on local missions. Say local missions. Yeah, see, we should gather by every means possible. See, for us, missions is all-inclusive. It's, it's all-inclusive. Missions is not reserved for overseas. And for so many people, when they think about missions, they only think about missions across the ocean. But listen, missions is not reserved for overseas. I want you to please understand, do not misunderstand me. Listen, no one, no one has a bigger heart for foreign missions than we do. But we also have a heart for home missions. See, see, for us, missions is about, is about anything that wins a soul or meets a, human, uh, a hu- humanitarian need. That was a hard word for me to say. Yeah, yeah. For us, missions is about saving the lost. It's about feeding the hungry. It's about drilling water wells. It's about building new churches. It's about providing study Bibles for pastors that have never, ever had a Bible in their own native language. It's about supporting missionaries. It's about buying vehicles for missionaries. It's about providing disaster relief for people devastated by storms and tragedy and even war. And the list just goes on and on and on. Hear me, hear me. If it will save a soul, if it will meet a legitimate need, we're all up in it. Let me say it again this morning. We do this both locally and globally. Well, today we just heard from a missionary who is reaching students in our own backyard. The UTA college campus, but not just that, but every single campus in America today is one, uh, college campus is one of the greatest mission fields in the world. We also have two other local missions organizations represented here today. Uh, one of them is Harvest International Ministry Center Food Bank, and they have an incredible bagged grocery program. Another is Metroplex Women's Clinic. They offer love. They offer guidance. They offer medical uh, care for pregnant women, providing options to women that thought they had no option. Uh, These are just a couple of ministries, hey, that our C groups could get involved with. We have also personally updated our YouTube channel to add yet another platform for our messages to be heard. We've also added a page on our Church Center app where all of our messages will be available for on-demand watching. We, we, are, we are reaching out to our own local community. Well, this morning we're beginning a brand new four-part series we are calling The Assignment. Say The Assignment. 
And that's exactly what missions is. It is the assignment. It's the assignment that Jesus gave to all his followers. I want us to read what Jesus said right before that he left planet earth. How many know that if you know that you're about to die and if you know that you're about to uh, uh, leave this world, how many know that what you have to say with your last breath, it must be priority. It must be most, the most important thing in your life. How many would agree with that? Let's read what Jesus said right before that he ascended back into the Father. Matthew chapter uh, 28, verse 19 and 20. Jesus gave a charge to the disciples, but not just to the 12 disciples or the 11 disciples, but also to all disciples of Christ. And Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples. Say, make disciples. Yeah, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this is our assignment. Jesus said, make disciples in all nations. Say all nations. Well, I believe that all nations would include our nation, correct? Are we all about reaching foreign nations? Absolutely. But we're not going to overlook the needs of our nation. And this is our focus today. We'll have four messages. There'll be a different focus. So this is the focus for today. That is local missions. I want to call your attention to a story found in the book of Mark, chapter number five. The book of Mark, chapter number five, and it is the first 20 verses, and I'm going to read them to you this morning. Yeah, it says, uh, then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one, no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and he said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Jesus said to him, come out of the man unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there nearby the, the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. 
When they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. There are six things that I want to point out in this story that relates to our focus today of local missions. The first thing I want us to notice is and talk about is I want to talk about the incident. And I just read the story to you, so I'm not going to retell the story, but I do want to point out a few things in this story. This story reveals the unlimited power of Jesus to change lives. Don't you, aren't you grateful for that? Yeah, see, 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 this man was at the bottom of the bottom, and he had reached his lowest of lows. In fact, he had reached the bottom and had begun to dig. His family had given up on him. His friends had given up on him. Society had given up on him. The medical and psychiatric community had given up on him. He had been banned, absolutely banned from society. He, he was tossed out like garbage and forced to live among the tombs. And nobody, not even one, nobody would go near him. He had thousands of demons in him, and these demons consistently and continually tormented him. And yet, say, and yet... And yet he was not too far gone to be helped by Jesus. And Jesus was his last and his only hope. Oh, but Jesus delivered him from the demons. Jesus set him free and totally restored him. This story reveals the unlimited power of Jesus to change lives. Why do we believe in missions? Why have I pounded missions consistently? Oh, for the last 19 years. Here is the reason this morning, because there are hurting people all over the world, even in our own backyard. And without Jesus, they have no hope. But with him and by him and through him, he can not only give them hope, but he can help them and he can heal them. Second thing I want to point out today is this. I want us to notice the innocence. I'm sure you've never thought about this because I never have. And I preached on this many times. But it occurred to me as I was putting this message together. The innocence. You just heard the story. The innocence. Yes, the innocence. Listen closely. This man was once somebody's child. Think about it. Think about it. He was not born possessed by demons. Did you hear me? He was not born possessed by demons. He was once a sweet, cuddly, innocent 
baby. He was once a cute little toddler. Who doesn't love a toddler? He was once a young, innocent child. He was once a teenager. He was once a young adult. What happened to him? What happened to him along the way? Was there no one in his life to help guide him along? Had he got in with the wrong crowd? Had he been abused? Was his support system flawed in some way? Listen, he didn't get to where he was all by himself. He wasn't born this way. What happened to him? Why? Why do I believe in missions? Because there are children that are, in, that are in environments just like this man probably was as a child. And without our help, they may go hungry. Without our help, they may be, may be neglected or even worse. They were born innocent, but the situation they were born into will take their innocence away way too soon unless somebody helps them. Which leads me to our third point this morning, that is the influences. Who were the influencers in this man's life? The Bible doesn't say, but I'm personally convinced that his influencers had much to do with where he ended up. I cannot stress enough how important the influencers are in our kids' and grandkids' lives. And I tell you that I am so humbled and moved literally to tears, and I'm not a crier, but I'm literally moved to tears every time I hear my, I hear Pastor Shaw and my son-in-law say that one of the main reasons why they moved here and came on staff here was because, because he wanted his daughter, my granddaughter, to be under the consistent influence of me and my wife. To hear him say, you guys are her number one godly influence besides us. Oh, hear me this morning. Without godly influencers, there's no telling where our kids will end up. And this is why our kids need to be in church. This is why our kids need to be in kids ministry. This is why our kids need to be in youth group on a consistent basis. This is why we support local missions ministries like Jesus Clubs and Youth Alive and Family First and Phased In and Chi Alpha and other local ministries. This is why we have a children's pastor. This is why we have a youth pastor. This is why we have a young adults pastor. This is why we promote kids in youth camps and conventions. Oh, hear me this morning. Missions is more than foreign. There are a multitude of opportunities for missions in our own backyard. Here's what I know this morning, and that is if we don't influence for good, the devil and his people will influence for evil. Here's what I know about this man in our story. Society failed him, but the Savior rescued him. And I'm telling you, society is failing people today. Our government is failing people today. In so many instances, even the church is failing people today. Listen, people have incredible needs today. The church must rise up today. The church must meet the most intimate, personal needs of our people, and especially of our children and our youth. Hello? 
But hear me this morning, let's not just wait until people need rescuing. Let's support those who have ministries of influences, of influence. And then let's go beyond that and be influencers of good. Notice the fourth thing that I see this morning I want to point out to you, and that is the inclination. Verse 18, we find it, and it says, And when he, Jesus, got into the boat, he had already delivered the man of the, of the thousands of demons, already set him free. And verse 18 says that Jesus got into the boat, and it says, He, the demoniac, the man that had been possessed with thousands of demons, but was now set free, when he who had been demon-possessed, it says he begged him, begged Jesus that he might go with him. See, the inclination is this, to overlook the opportunities in our own backyard. Now, everyone pull your toes in. They're about to get stepped on. See, sometimes it's easier to go than it is to stay. See, sometimes it's easier to go on a missions trip overseas than it is to witness to your own neighbor or your own family member or the person in the office across from you. Let me ask you this this morning. How many people go on missions trips and do absolutely awesome but come back home and do absolutely nothing? I warned you. This man who had just been delivered from thousands of demons wanted to go on the road with Jesus. Let me go with you, he begged. Oh, oh, I can be the opener for your giant crusade, man. I can set you up by giving my testimony. And man, that'll really warm up the crowd for you and get them really going. Let me go with you. Sorry about the microphone. The inclination is to overlook the opportunities that are in our own backyard. Please, again, do not misunderstand me. I am not downplaying foreign missions. If you know me at all, you know that I have a huge heart for that. What I'm saying is, let's not overlook the needs that are right in in front of us and only see the needs that are far off. It's not either or, it is both. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus reiterated our assignment. And this was the very last thing that Jesus said. And Jesus said, he said, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. But notice Jesus said, start in Jerusalem. Start from where you are. Are, but don't, don't stay there. Go f- out from there and keep give, going until the, you reach the entire world. Listen, I'm very excited to tell you of a brand new ministry that we're about to start at the Grace Place. It's our new translation ministry. We're going to be reaching out to people in our very own community, in our own backyard that do not speak or understand English. Now, there are many different nationalities that we want to eventually reach out to. Riona just talked about over a hundred nationalities represented in Arlington and at UTA. 
We're going to begin with the biggest group, and that is the group who speak the Spanish language. They're going to be our first target group, but that's just the first. We want to reach many more and target many more and, and, and have translation for them to hear the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't have time to give details today, but this translation ministry is going to begin very, very soon. Let's talk about the fifth thing that I notice in our scripture for today, and that is the instructions. Let's read verses 18 and 19 again. Verse 18 and 19 again. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Jesus told this man to go home. Go back to your family and friends and tell them what I have done for you. Our vision at the Grace Place is both local and global. We reach around the world, but we also reach across the street. What was Jesus telling this man? And what can we learn from him? It's this, and it's this, and that is use the influence that you already have. What can we do right here in our own backyard to save sinners and meet needs? Our church supports a host of home missionaries and home missions projects. The list is way too long to mention. See, we do everything that we can, and then we join hands with people who can help us do what we can't. See, we want to gather people. We want to reach people for Christ, and then we want to disciple them so that they can duplicate themselves. We can't do it all by ourselves, so we partner with others, and together, together we can have a huge impact. That's what global impact is all about, and that is joining with others. We can't be everywhere. We can't do everything, but we can be a partner with others that are going, and we can send them, and we can help them. But that doesn't give us an excuse to do nothing ourselves. See, at the Grace Place, we are not content to just have church. And there's so many today, they're just trying to have church. And they're trying to have church better than anybody else is having church. So all the church people will go to their church. That is not our vision. Our vision, amen, is to be caring people, caring for people, caring for the people under our care, but also having a heart for people all over the world and impacting people with the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want to just have church, but we want to be the church. The sixth thing that we can learn from our scripture today is this. I want us to notice the increase. Verse 20, it says about the demoniac, it says about him, said he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Why did Jesus send this man home? Because those who knew him could not deny the impact that Jesus had on him. Those who knew him best, those who had given up on him. Can you even imagine their response as they saw him and heard his testimony? They were the ones that took him out among the tombs. They're the ones that cast him out of the society. They're the ones that had washed their hands of him. They're the ones that had given up on him. And to see him now, normal. 
set free. Can you imagine the impact that he had? Oh, maybe you're here today and like this man was, you too seem to be helpless and your situation hopeless. Or perhaps, perhaps you are like this man's friends and family where there are people that you have given up on. Oh, hear me today. Oh, there's no such thing as a lost cause. There's no person that is too far gone, but what the love and the power of Jesus Christ can rescue. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer, and you and I know he is. The question is, what are we doing with this information? What are we doing? We know he's the answer. He is the answer for us. He set us free. Oh, we might not have been bound by thousands of demons, but we were still bound and lost. And Jesus was our answer. And we know he's the answer, but what are we doing? What are we doing with this information? The takeaway for the message this morning is this. Our investment in missions changes lives both locally and globally. In the last 10 years or so, our church has given two or three million dollars to missions. Millions of people are going to be in heaven that would have been in hell. But because that we invested in missions... What an impact. What an impact. Aren't you glad to be a part of a church that's not inward focused, but it's outward focused? I promise you. I promise you. And I've said this several times, but it's just coming to my mind again. I'll, I'll never forget when a man, after I was leaving a certain church that I'd pastored, and I was going to plant a church from scratch. And he told me right before I left, he said, don't you go down there to that place and start that church and get all nicey-nicey. You be you. He said, you be you, and don't you, stop, don't you stop challenging people to give their tithe, their offerings, and mission. Don't ever stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. He said, I promise you in eternity, you'll be overrun with people that will thank you because of their reward is because they accepted the challenge that you gave them. How many know I've lived up to that? Amen. I I didn't nicey up, did I? Amen. (laughs) Let me just say this. If you're not reaching a lot of people for Jesus yourself, and you should be, but if you're not, you better be investing in someone who is. Father, I just pray you'll take this word this morning. God, let your word, Father, do the work that needs to be done. God, God, oh, an overwhelming majority of our people have have accepted the missions challenge in these last 19 years, but there's still a few holdouts. God, I just got another year and a month left. God, I don't want any holdouts. Lord, because I know how it will change their life, and I know the lives that will be changed when people get a heart for missions, begin to invest heavily in missions, and see multitudes come to Christ.